What really my passion is for the industry is really as a consumer. It's like, you know, I, I, I'm going to restaurants. Um, my family is, was very hardworking. So eating out, fortunately or not, was, you know, a big part of my childhood. Um, there was not a lot of home cooking. It was a lot spending time in restaurants, in little coffee shops, you know, while they have meetings and so on. So that's really where my passion comes from. I worked a little bit in it. Um, but I've been a big consumer at it and um, actually started the company originally from a consumer perspective that then led me into the operator perspective. Welcome back to the podcast, Rockstars. I have always been a huge believer in competitive advantage, setting yourself apart and staying ahead of what your competitors are doing. And it's always been really challenging as an independent restaurant to compete with the big chains. And a lot of the big chains, as you know, have drive throughs What if your restaurant could have a drive through a virtual drive through that would allow you to compete and offer the same level of service that the big chains do in your independent restaurant. Well, it certainly is possible. So listening to this episode of the Restaurant Rockstars podcast, I'm speaking with Carl and Javier from a platform called SwipeBuy. Now, SwipeBuy offers online ordering, curbside pickup and delivery, as well as something called geofenced notifications. What does that mean? Well, they'll tell you all about it, but essentially it allows you to know exactly when your customers are arriving for the food that they've ordered online, either via the web or via app. So stay tuned. It's an exciting episode. It's a competitive advantage. Listen on. You're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Restaurant owners and managers, I call this the business of a thousand details, and you've got more important things to worry about than calculating and paying your monthly sales tax on time. Well, that's where Davo comes in. Davo puts sales tax on autopilot for restaurants. Davo uses sales tax data from your point of sale system to set aside the exact amount of sales tax you collect every single day and then files it and pays it when it's due on time for your restaurant every month. Davo takes just five minutes to set up, and once it's up and running, you never have to worry about paying sales tax again. Davo costs $49.99 per POS connection per month, and your restaurant can try Davo for the first 30 days free. Davo was created by a successful restaurant chef and owner who knows what's important for your operation. Time is money, and you've got more important things to focus on, like pleasing your guests. You can't put a price on peace of mind. Why not try Davo for the first 30 days at DavoSalesTax.com? Welcome back, everyone, to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. You know, the pandemic has really shifted the way all of us have done business and will continue to do business in the future. It's all about safety and convenience for the guests, and it's all about online ordering, pickup, and delivery. So with me today, Mr. Carl Turner and Javier Kitagorodsky. And they're with Swipe By, and they've got an online platform that literally covers all of these details and provides safety and convenience for customers. So you're going to want to stay tuned to this episode. Welcome to the show, Carl and Javier. How are you? Good. Thank you, Roger. Thanks for having us. Glad to have you too. Now, it's interesting because I met Javier at a performance food service show in Tampa, Florida back in December. 
And I was really intrigued by what I saw. And, you know, I'm always on the lookout for new, interesting guests that I believe will help our industry move forward. And I, I clearly saw that with Swipe Buy. So I'm really glad that you guys took the time to, to join us today. My audience always knows that I usually ask the backstory of my guests, you know, in hospitality. If you ever worked in restaurants before, if anything, you know, in your prior career, enabled you to develop that passion for this business because this is a business of passion and you know hopefully that's why we're all in it so why don't you each tell me you know if you ever worked in a restaurant or if you had any early influences before you started uh, with swipe by yeah well i can start if that's okay with you car um but uh well first of all let me congratulate you on saying my last name correctly i would say perfectly fine um because it's really difficult but uh yeah i mean i have um uh, uh, you know, a long time of working with restaurants. Uh, in fact, uh, I was uh, born and raised in Buenos Aires, Argentina, in South America. And uh, my father used to own a food service distributor there, such as uh, Performance Food Group. So uh, early uh, in, while in college, I was already working and as a, on the vendor side, always on the vendor side, never in front of the house, really. Uh, with with restaurants and um, back in the 2000 uh, 2000s my, my sister opened uh, a business here in in Miami Florida uh, also working very closely mostly with uh, hotels in the hotel industry within the hospitality industry and some restaurants as well she owns a, a chocolate my manufacturer uh, chocolate manufacturer and um, so I moved to the states to scale the business with her and after a few years, I sold my shares mm -hmm. and then uh, went into the food service distribution again. And um, at that time, and I'm talking about uh, maybe 12, 13 years ago now, uh, I worked with Gordon Food Service uh, here in Florida. And uh, then I moved on to the manufacturing side. I work with large corporations such as uh, Solo Cup Company. And I work uh, with Dart Container. Uh, managing food service distribution. Um, lately in my career, uh, really seeing everything happening with the delivery craziness, uh, et cetera, I decided to, to move uh, onto technology. And uh, through that path in my career, uh, I met my friend, Carl Turner, and uh, we're really putting a lot of effort uh, on, on building Swipe by together. And so that, that's kind of my background within the hospitality industry. But truly, it's been over 20 years working very closely with, with restaurants. Well, you certainly belong here. I can clearly feel that passion. And you've got quite a history in the business. So thanks for sharing. How about you, Carl? Tell us about your backstory. And then I also want to know how you came to, uh, to found this company and become a CEO. Yeah. Well, I would say the, if we go way, way back, actually, one of my first presents I got either for Christmas or um, a birthday, was a wooden stove. And um, I used to cook for my parents, you know, fake stuff. When I was in a bathing tub, I made out of, and I think a lot of us kids do that, right? But I was making like out of foam, cappuccinos and so on. So I was, I would say, you know, in like at the age of literally one year, two years old, um, where I kind of had a passion, I guess, for food and for making food. Um, tipping my foes more in the industry, I actually for quite some time um, worked as a waiter in a, um, I'm from Berlin, Germany. So we Oh yeah, I was going to ask you your background as well. Okay, so yeah, we, you're native born we, from Berlin. Gotcha. Born and raised in Berlin. So we have an uh -huh. international lineup here with Javier and Mia. Nice. Um, but so worked actually in the breakfast shift at a small boutique hotel. 
um, which I would say not necessarily increased my passion for the industry because you have the most ridiculous requests for X I ever heard in my life and you don't get tips because it's included in the meal, in the, in the room price. And then I guess in Germany and Europe, the entire tip concept, you know, you are getting your little hourly and that's it. Of course. Um, but then I think, you know, what, what really my passion is for the industry and, you know, that will get us a little bit in starting this company is... Um, is really as a consumer. It's like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to restaurants. Um, my family is was very hardworking. So eating out, fortunately or not, was, you know, a big part of my childhood. Um, there was not a lot of home cooking. It was a lot spending time in restaurants and little coffee shops, you know, while they have meetings and so on. So that's really where my passion comes from. I worked a little bit in it, um, but I've been a big consumer at it and um, actually started the company originally from a consumer perspective that then led me into the operator perspective. Nice. Excellent. All right. So where did the brainchild for Swipe Buy come from? Um, you had a eureka moment. You saw a need. Obviously, this the timing is perfect, obviously, because, you know, obviously the pandemic hits and everyone suddenly, everything goes sideways. People have to pivot numerous times. I owned a restaurant during the pandemic, which I sold, thankfully, back in November. But I went through the pandemic with this restaurant, had to pivot online ordering, curbside pickup, deliver, the whole nine yards. So clearly there is a need. Is that what happened? I mean, is this company relatively new? So you started it when the pandemic hit and said, bang, you know, we have the technology, we're going to make this happen. Why don't you tell me your story? Actually, actually not. No, um, the, okay. the company, actually, the, 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 the first idea it is, I mean, it was a lot of ideas. They pivot. And again, as I said, as since I'm not, you know, out of a restaurant family, I got to learn and got to learn the industry, get to know the industry. And out of that, really start building that idea. Yeah. And, but it all actually started being abroad in Shanghai. So I studied, I studied actually in the US, I studied in North Carolina, and I spent a semester abroad in Shanghai. And what blew my mind was delivery in Shanghai as a consumer, like the capability that I could get anything delivered in no time for no cost. It was fast. It was cheaper. It was, I mean, a million people on little scooters, you know, driving around. Oh, yeah. Right, right. And what caught my attention first was, well, how can I bring something like this to Europe or to the United States? Um, and I was on, I studied at Wake Forest University in, in North Carolina. So closed college, you know, closed ecosystem. Um, and my first idea was how cool would it be to do peer-to-peer -peer delivery for, you know, on, on campus. And with that, I started talking to the RMARCs. I started talking to the vendors. And then that led kind of my journey into the restaurants around campus. So I started talking to operators, to owners, understanding their problems, understanding, you know, what they were everyday dealing with. Um, and then, you know, as I start looking at the industry, what I figured out that well delivery is very expensive here, it has its upsides, it has its downside, but what caught my attention, and that's actually pre-COVID, was click and collect um, at the big box retailers, so at Walmart and Target. And at the same time, you know, especially that maybe is a little bit different when you come from um, Europe and to, you go to suburban North Carolina, drive-throughs everywhere. Right. So the entire concept is drive through, but I've never seen an amazing local Italian restaurant with a drive through because they can't pizza from talking in box until, you know, second window. Exactly. And so exactly. What, what, what really caught my attention was when big box retailers and drive through um, companies or, you know, Chick-fil-A, McDonald's invested in curbside pickup and click and collect. And that was in 2017, 2018. And, and that is where I was like, you know, well, I, you know, as I said, I love eating. I love going to restaurants. I go to all of my favorite mom and pop places here, um, but they are struggling while all these other places are getting this technology around curbside and click and collect out. And so that really was then the idea where it was like, okay, you know, can we build a platform for this? Can we enable 
my favorite restaurants to compete with the drive through by becoming a virtual drive through compete with, you know, take what Walmart is building, take what Tarmac is, and Target is building, bring that into the restaurant world. Um, and then we launched in 2019. So actually, it's a pre-COVID idea. Um, just COVID, you know, accelerated trends overnight. But that's yeah. the bird's yeah. eye 360 background Great. story. Well, your timing, like I said, is is perfect because you know ninety nine percent of the industry suddenly had to pivot to all of these you know technologies to allow them to continue to do business and continue to serve the public, even though all these restrictions kept hitting. So you know, kudos to you guys for your timing on that. So let's talk about the drive through, the virtual drive through idea. Your website talks about something about location technology. Can you explain? Yeah. So you know, before before we go into that, then maybe Carl will explain a little bit more about the, the geofence technology. But I'd like to say, you know, regarding timing, the other thing uh, I like to add uh, that I see honestly, it's um, you know, aside from everything happen happening in terms of the pandemic, etc. What I, what I really see is uh, what really what millennials and Gen Z are looking for in convenience when it comes to picking up food, curbsiding food, and it's all about since you know um, many years already with the habit of using the phone, right? Absolutely. No human interaction, no yes. human interaction, and that's why you know um, these uh, mom and pops, small chains that might not have the possibility of having a drive-through, like because of lack of resources or or uh, lack of uh, technology, right, or even infrastructure. Um, now with Swipe, they could give that convenience to adapt to what really the guest is looking for today. And that's that's a lot based on our geofence technology, uh, which goes into your, you know, your comments. So maybe Carl could explain better about the geofence technology. Yeah, happy to. And, and I think what it, what it boils down to is, again, talking to the point before is, what is a drive-through? It's about a customer arriving. What is click and collect and curbside? It's about a customer arriving, right? Mm -hmm. And what we have seen is, that in the end, when you look at delivery and so on, it's not about a customer arriving anymore. It's about a delivery driver showing up. It's more about radius. It's about batching orders. And so what we are doing very different in the industry is we focus back again, well, where's the customer actually? Where's the customer driving from? Where's the customer driving to? When is the customer dri arriving? And so what is unique about Swipe platform is that we use geofencing. We use um, tracking uh, operators, merchants, the restaurants, guests, um, on arrival, right? And so by that, we are doing two things. What that means is, is if you have that location, you can do a couple of things with it. You can certainly let the staff know, right? Let the, the restaurant know who arrived, who is outside. And that makes life significantly easier for letting you know someone is outside for pickup. Someone just walked in for a pickup. Um, you know who that person is. You don't have any phone calls anymore and so on, right? So in knowing where the customer is creates a lot of value there. Um, and then, but it's, you know, what we also take care of is really important as well, talking to the customer, right? If the customer know that the restaurant knows where they are, that takes a lot out of tension out of an experience, confusion out of experience, you know, hey, Roger, you are here, please come to the front of the house. Um, one of our staff members will be out shortly, right? That type of communication. So yeah, as we say on our website, really what, what everything we do centers around where is actually the guest and what can we do with that guest location and how can we help now the operator to run a smoother, uh, you know, more guest centric, a better engagement for their guests and um, based on where are the guests actually. That's the fantastic. Yeah. Go, keep going. Yeah. 
No, I was going to say, you know, the whole experience really, Roger, um, when for the the guests using swipe by uh, or ordering from any of our restaurants, um, really it creates like a seamless transaction. It's a frictionless transactions. They they really would arrive and the restaurant would know that they arrived to to uh, get the food and then uh, someone will come out, give them the food. So for those people that are on the go, uh, the mom with the kids in the car that doesn't really have the time to call uh, when they arrive or, or you know, to, to uh, go inside the store, right? Uh, or someone that is on a work phone call, right? And they don't really have to hang up that work phone call because the restaurant will have uh, that food delivered to your car, and then you're just on the go and keep on with your day. But then on the other hand, what really creates for the operator, aside from providing this convenience to the guest, it's the fact that, um, you know, um, when when we talk about really online ordering and the curbside, how it's mostly set up today, uh, the operator is still puts a lot of time and effort on attending that guest that is actually coming to pick up the food or curbsiding. Why? Because once you place the order online and you parked in the place, now you have to call most of the times to the restaurant. So what is the main purpose of having an online ordering? To create a, a, a transaction where you know the food is prepaid, where there's no phone interaction, so the the front of the house does not spend a lot of time spend a lot of time on taking care of that order. And uh, at the end, when the customer is arriving, when the guest is arriving, if they have to call again, so you're already as an operator putting time again and and uh, time and effort again and creating some congestion because a lot of pickups also. The idea is to keep as much as you as you can the customers outside if it's truly a curbside order and not to have them calling sure. you twice for the same order. So that's what's in it for the operator as well in my, in my view. Yeah, especially now. I mean, efficiency is what you're talking about and convenience for the guest at the same time. But now with the labor crisis and you know restaurants being challenged with having enough staff, you obviously need to make this a streamlined, seamless uh, part of your operation. So let's Let's talk if we can. Let's put ourselves in the guest's shoes and go through the whole process of how I can order. I know there's multiple ways to order through your platform. And then let's then uh, treat it as if it was the operator processing the orders, delivering the orders, and all that kind of stuff. Let's let's give our audience a real sense of how the whole thing works, both from the guest perspective and the operator manager perspective. What about if I talk on the guest side and car talks on the operator side? Perfect. Work? Works okay. for me. Okay. So Javier a little role playing here. We're, we're going to do a little role playing. <laughs> there we go. So Javier will place the order um, at Rocher's restaurants, right? Thank we you. are really, we're truly a 360 full uh, solution when it comes to off-premise. So Javier will place the order at Rocher's restaurant online on your website or either on any other channel where our virtual menu will be on, meaning your Facebook right yep. or meaning even googling the restaurant once the order is placed the javier me, will let me just have... interject interject and we we yeah. add to get some color javier has also three little kids in the back of the car right now <laughs> because javier is on the go picked the kids up from soccer and needs to go home i think you know that adds some color 
Yes, it does. And then that's a real life scenario that happens all the time. And you got to keep the kids happy. You know, it's like kids are hungry. They just played soccer. Now I want to eat. I want to eat now. It's like, how fast can we get the food and how can we get the food hot and all that kind of stuff? It's very important. So thanks for bringing that to to life. That's right. It's literally a real, real scenario. I have two. But it's exactly what happens in weekly basis. So, uh-huh. um, so I would I would place the order on my phone quickly on your website, right? And I have three options: either I can pick up in store, right, meaning that I will get to the place and go inside the store. Number two, I will do the virtual drive through, which is a seamless curbside option that I will explain how it works. And number three, we also partner with a network of um, delivery companies. That and I have the option with Swibe to also have a very low cost uh, delivery solution. So on number two, which is the seamless drive-through virtual solution, basically uh, Javier will arrive to the restaurant. Uh, the restaurant will know at that time because they receive uh, they will receive on our tablet a notification that will let them know that Javier is parked in the front parking of the restaurant that uh, Javier is driving a BMW gray color, right? And that it's waiting for order number 22. And it will also have all my information, phone number, email, etc. And uh, therefore they will be ready to come out, give me the food. And like I explained before, the kids doesn't have to come with me inside the restaurant. I don't have to call, they can keep screaming and <laughs> everything will be fine, right? Excellent, excellent, perfect. And, and adding some color, I guess, from the operator side, right? Some some pre-work that I did as an operator actually in our system draw custom fences. Think about you take a pen and draw on your, you know, on, on Google Maps, like whatever area you want. Um, and what actually happened is that um, Javier, because he was so stressed picking up the kids, parked at the back door first. Um, and the moment he parked at the back door, I draw a fence there as an operator. Javier got a message that I defined, which said, hey, um, and, you know, we, we are ready for your order, but please come to the front. You are right now at the back. And because Javier got tracked and I draw that fence and assigned that action to the fence, Javier then came to the front. Javier had the front where again, draw a fence before, right? So you as an, as I, as an operator can really completely geo map my entire store and everything around them. And the moment Javier now arrived in the front, exactly what he said has, has happened and triggered. So I know inside, um, you know, got a notification, which is, we call it on an arrival screen, which in the end is a tablet where you get information when a customer arrives. Um, I got the information that Javier arrived in this and that vehicle was that in that order. And so now as, as an operator, since the order was injected before, either in the POS or to a kitchen printer or to a tablet, we have multiple ways to do that. Um, the order is ready, should be ready at this point. I grab it. I walk outside. I know where Javier is because he was geofenced in a certain area I draw. I know what car he drives and I knew what order to grab. I hand it through his window or I put it in his trunk. Um, and then Javier is on his way again. I'm done to my order. It was obviously prepaid, right? So no payment needs to be handled. Um, and the transaction is done and it was seamless. And, you know, I, as an operator, I hope that potentially Javier was a first-time customer, actually saw through the windows my beautiful Italian restaurant inside and now thinks Sunday date night with his wife, he will come in again, beautiful. right? Which big differential to delivery where the pizza is just a pizza from somewhere, but with delivery or with curbside, Javier didn't go inside, but really close to that, right? So that I can still create an experience. I can tell them Sunday date night, 5% off, 10% off martinis, right? Something like that. This is this is great because, you know, I'm a huge believer in competitive advantage. And 
hooks that capture your guests' imagination and turn them into raving fans of that restaurant. So this convenience and this service and the ability to communicate with them, market with them, give them promotions, all that kind of stuff. I want to get into that in a little more detail in a moment, but what I'm seeing here is is definitely a competitive advantage. And I really like that you said, okay, now they can visualize what my restaurant experience is like. I'm going to turn them into a sit-down diner when they probably did a pickup thing. That's great. Let's talk about the third-party delivery because that's been hugely controversial in this business based on some of those leading companies and the fees that they charged initially. And that was a a needed to have type service, but it had to change because of the profit margins that are already slim in this business. I don't need to tell you that. I don't need to tell the audience that. But now you have a third-party service. You're already hooked up with companies. And now you're telling me that the fees are are really low cost, right? Can we talk a little bit about that? And then secondly, another controversy has been those larger companies have owned the data and not shared that marketing database with the restaurants that they do business with. So that's a huge lost opportunity because you want an opportunity to market to your customers, whether they're first-time visitors, they're regulars or loyal customers. You want to keep communicating with these people because that's what drives this business. So let's talk about the delivery piece. Let's talk about the data capture piece. I know Javier mentioned, you know, on online ordering, we already have their email, you know, text perhaps. Let's take me there. Yeah. I can go ahead and talk about delivery. You go ahead. You you talk about data. Um, I think delivery, yes, it is controversial, right? And and, I mean, in the end, if we think about the fees that are getting charged by most third-party delivery, it's two components. It's a delivery fee, right? A percentage, and then there is a marketplace fee. So, and when you then add them up, you are ending up for lot of operators somewhere between 25 and 35 percent right Correct. and we have seen yes. more than that or a little less than that yikes and so i think where the the key differentiation is and you know what we are doing and what in the end the delivery services are actually helping us to do too right because we partner in the end there's no swipe by driver force is what is really happening though if the order comes through the channel of the restaurant if i order if i google best pizza around me right and um roger's italian pizza comes up and now I click on order online, but it's a DoorDash link or it's an Uber Eats link or any third-party link. Is that really not worse, the marketplace finder's fee? You know, we would argue not really. And if I go through my own website, right, if a customer Googles Rochester's Italian restaurant, clicks on the website and now clicks order, should any third-party get a marketplace finder's fee for that? You know, probably not. Like, for what reason? They didn't find that customer, right? And if I'm a frequent customer, if I'm someone who, you know, orders every Tuesday at the certain place, again, should the, um, should the delivery service, the third-party service get a marketplace finder that? We would argue no. And so and, and there's different sides to the story, right? This is, this is our side. And so what we have done is we have actually partnered with basically most of these third-party delivery companies and are priding, again, if the customer comes to the channels of the restaurant, that means... Swipe by, we, I mean, our channel, or if it comes through, again, Google, Facebook, their website, um, anywhere where they are using our digital ordering menu, right? Yes. In those cases, there is no these market planner fees commissions because we have deals with the delivery companies where we are paying fixed prices based on some distance and there can be other aspects. But so it's virtually for free to the merchant and there is the usual known delivery fees that the consumer pays anyways. And because we're taking primarily out this finders thing, right, which is, again, as we're seeing as delivery matures, 
for a lot of operators, not really that key anymore, right? You have staffing shortages anyways, you're getting your dining room full, you have customers ordering delivery, people are finding you, you do SEO, you do remarketing. And so that's really where, you know, the delivery differentiates and where we can provide like a really competitive product in terms of if a customer comes through your own channel, you should not pay really anything for delivery. Excellent. The customer pays for the driver's cost, right? And that's what right. we are facilitating. But yeah. you yourself doesn't need to drive anything. And in our system, if you want to make it super cheap, feel free. You can cover some of the delivery costs we would pass on to the consumer, right? If you really choose to. Um, but it would be not required. And generally, the price sensitivity for the consumer is very low, right? So a delivery fee of somewhere 3 to $5 is nothing that will hurt really a customer. And that's really the only cost that are in our system. Yeah, before Javier tells us about the data capture, which is super important, let's stay on this delivery topic for a moment because you also work with restaurants to help them if they have their own drivers to sort of, you know, streamline their system and make it really sort of efficient, right? And seamless. So let's talk about what service you provide operators if they want to have their own delivery people. Great. Yeah. Go ahead. Carl. Yeah. And, and I think what it boils down to is, um, well, so what we provide is, you know, is, is self-delivery, right? So that means is you can, in the system, define radiuses, can define pricing, yep. can define buffer times, recalculate driving time based on traffic. So, you know, a lot, again, what, what we are always doing, we're combining what is great for the operator, but in the end, what is also great for the guest? Because if the guest has a best experience and a bad experience, you know, you could make the best food in the world. Yes. Probably they will not come back, right? And so, you know, we are calculating driving time based on traffic so that even if you do self-delivery, the time that gets sent to the guest is actually pretty much accurate in terms of, you know, estimated delivery time. Um, and, you know, then we provide the tools for the, um, for the, for the operator to dispatch their, 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 their drivers, um, you know, to get the address of the consumers, understand where they need to go and so on. So we do all of that. Excellent. And um, what yeah. then is the unique is when we bundle the two things. Mm -hmm. So third-party delivery for virtually no cost and self-delivery for obviously also no cost, right? There's if you drive your own drivers, you need to figure out your own pricing and what you pay them. Of course. And that is, you know, for example, overflow, right? When you say, well, I have my two drivers, they're both five miles away right now. The next order coming in, well, I want to dispatch that to third party, right? Because that's actually for me the better thing right now because the drivers will take longer. And so that is, again, what we give also the capability to the merchant is the opportunity to switch between the two services in real time and by that really allowing for um, kind of the best case scenario, right? But I think, and then I think, you know, what I would just add to that is- That's great. I mean, yeah, that's, I think the most important part. And that's really the-, wow. the, the you so you're not missing any orders here. It's like, because that is a common problem. I had restaurants mm -hmm. for two decades, we delivered and I had, you know, it was very hard to schedule, you know, how many drivers to have on certain nights because we were at a mm -hmm. tourist area and some nights were really busy and others weren't. And sometimes you couldn't predict we did our best mm -hmm. job, but you never wanted to inconvenience that, you know, that outside delivery customer because you wanted to turn them into a fan of your restaurant. So yes, having that flexibility to have drivers, but then suddenly an order comes in and you can assign it to third party and combine the two that's awesome wow. exactly that's Real so time great <laughs> dispatching between the two and we call it generally overflow right yeah. so you fulfill as much you can as your uh -huh. own force if you have figured your own force out right i would say you know generally we always say it's like well you know own that's delivery great. force that's a lot of risk a lot of insurance and so on but if you have figured this out good for you mm -hmm. um and then everything that comes on top that that delivery force cannot do with our system you can then dispatch to third party 
Well, thanks for mentioning that also, because again, we had our own drivers and yes, there was an insurance cost to that. There was a potential liability cost to that. It's like, okay, they're driving their own cars and they get in an accident and do they sue your restaurant? And there is, you know, that challenge to it, although it can be lucrative, but it's great to offer those options and to give them a way to get the delivery going, which, you know, a lot of restaurants are doing third-party delivery, but I think you've sort of cut through all that controversy and and made it much more simple and much more profitable for an operator to do a third-party delivery, which is a, a huge service to this industry right now. Thank okay, you. let's, let's <laughs> Javier, let's talk about the data and the marketing. Yeah. What can be done, you know, because the ability to to create a database and to continue to communicate with your customers and turn them into fans and turn them into loyal visitors and then get those positive online reviews from them. And, and all that just leads to more and more business, which is critically important. So I love the fact that yeah. you have a tool that does that. Walk us through how it works. Yes. I mean, uh, data, again, it's, it's paramount for any restaurant today. I mean, we see that uh, it's not only about owning the data today. Uh, in my opinion, it's more than that. I mean, the operators need to be able to work with this data or have a company like Swibite that will uh, work with this data to their favor. Uh, Third-party aggregators um, not only um, uh, continue to capture data, but they also continue to use that data to uh, create more um, um, sales to their convenience, right? Uh, In the case of Swibite, us being really a white label solution, all we care about is uh, targeting customers for that, targeting guests for that particular operator. So the way we, we do it, it's not only we will be able to provide all the data to the restaurant, but we will, our, our algorithm will also work in favor to the restaurant. This means that uh, if Roger placed the order at Barbecue Texas via curbside uh, on January 25, and then uh, after two weeks, the algorithm noticed that Roger didn't place the order. Then we will automatically send an email to Roger with a discount. That's why I actually pays for it to attract Roger go back to the restaurant, to the barbecue Texas to buy again. Uh, so, and that that's really what, what that creates. It's um, uh, allow the restaurant not to have to focus that much on working with the data that we provide to them. Because at the end, they could have a bunch of emails, a bunch of phone calls, but they are in the business of uh, cooking food for their customers. So we need to take care of that marketing piece. And that's how we create our remarketing and uh, help customers to attract repeated customers to to their restaurant. So I'm hearing that this is sort of an automated system where You've got an email address, and now uh, based on an approval by an owner or manager, a specific promotion is you know decided upon, and then the retargeting hits people via text and email and that sort of thing. Am I missing anything, or is that pretty much how it works? I would, yeah, go ahead, Carl. Yeah, I, I would even say, I mean, it's um, so you know to to track back, and Javier was mentioning that it's even a, it's well, we and then there is a lot of services who say we give you all your data, you own your data, mm-hmm. and that's great. And then there is a lot of amazing marketing companies like create newsletters, create marketing automation, create discounts, create coupons, right? Yep, exactly. The problem is the in-between. I now, as even, even what you mentioned, the approval of the owner of the, of, the, of the thing, right? Me as an owner was my manager to sit down and think about what discount do we want to get for how long, setting that somewhere up. 
then um, putting the email in, writing the content, syncing the CRM with the data, pressing or putting it in my MailChimp, whatever it might be, thinking what will be the graphic that I need to put in there, right? Do I want to have an image? Oh, what was opening rate? What was closing rate? Well, should we send it as another time? I could go on. Oh, you yeah, I get time, it. Right? Yes. And so... You know, as, as we are, again, you know, working in this industry and know how busy, you know, the industry is and operators, owners and managers, managers are is we our goal is really how can we do everything automated and seamless? So we are doing the discounts and they're paid by Swipe. So the three dollars off, five dollars off of a next order for someone who hasn't ordered in some time is actually paid by us. So no approval is required. It comes out of that. our pocket because in the end, we have an interest to drive orders through our platform. Right. Um, and so, yeah, we do it all automatically, right? It's really as we have the algorithms, we are the ones, you know, we have the data, it's owned by the restaurant, but uh, you know how we always say we crunch it on behalf of the restaurant yeah, and yeah, yeah. we visit on behalf. And that's really where the magic of then remarketing comes in. So now an independent restaurant or a small chain or whatever has their own sort of marketing agency behind the scenes, working on their behalf, sending more business. It just makes the whole system work. That's... That's something. Thanks for clarifying. I missed that at first, but I think that's tremendous. I, I guess you're right. You know, operators really are, are in the business of serving and pleasing the guest and putting out amazing food and being the air traffic controller or the thousand details of running the restaurants. And they're not marketing experts, but yet marketing is critically important to their business. So wouldn't it be awesome to have, you know, to have this done for you and to have not only have marketing done, but have effective marketing done that really has a return on your investment, not theirs. I think that's awesome. Yep. Wow. That's amazing. Cool. All right. Um, do you guys want to talk about onboarding? What's the onboarding time? What's the setup? What's the process? Is there any hardware software involved? It's like, I'm Roger's Italian restaurant, and I'm really intrigued by what I heard today. I want to get in business now. How long is it going to take me? Yeah. I mean, I, I'll talk a little bit about the setup um, yep. and the design gap, I would say, and then Car maybe touch base on, on the onboarding. But uh, truly, truly, the, the sign gap, it's... Uh, Again, I like to use that word seamless because uh, we make it happen very fast. Uh, um, you know, um, having the, the possibility of, uh, you know, basically uh, completing a form, uh, a sign up form that, that we send to the customer. And that could take about uh, five to 10 minutes of your time. And then from there, within 48 hours, uh, the menu will be up and running, um, literally. Uh, available to add on your website, on your Facebook, which is part of our onboarding session usually. Mm -hmm. yes. and, but but uh, truly from there, um, the customer will have the chance to access our dashboard. And within our dashboard, they could add any, any modifiers or uh, any new items or anything like that from that moment on. But we really take care of the first initial upload of the menu and uh, we make sure that that menu is uploaded into different and multiple channels. Fantastic. Yep. Seamless and efficient. And well, again, yeah, I mean, operators, yeah. their time is limited and their bandwidth is limited and they're kind of crazed with everything going on right now. So, wow, getting and, them and up the, and running simply is, is important. The other thing, Roger, in my yep. opinion, is sometimes, you know, when you go into really uh, having a restaurant going into a digital transformation, either for the first time or mm -hmm. you need to change uh, whatever system you or technology stack you're using right now, uh, 
what, what happens with Swipe it's we, we don't really have any setup fees or, or any, any the, the only thing that you would need to sign up with Swipe is just an Android tablet, literally. With an Android tablet, you're going to be able to uh, receive the orders and you're going to be able to know where your customer is for curbside, as we discussed. And it's pretty much everything you need. Now, from there, yes, we do offer a bunch of other things, uh, such as a Bluetooth printer, right? Um, if you like to, you know, uh, have the, the tickets printed, uh, but it's it's truly what you need. So um, we have no contracts or anything like that, neither. So it's pretty easy, our sign-up process, I should say. And not a lot of tech support needed either, if it's that simple, right? No, not really. Not really. I mean, you need to know how to connect uh, yeah. a tablet to the internet, which sure. I think today, um, but uh, really our app, it's super simple. It mm -hmm. truly has uh, four tabs, uh, very easy to use. So, and obviously we do have customer support and, and the technology team to, to help any customer with that too. So if, if, if it's needed. Fantastic. Let's talk about pricing. There are different features and benefits. What's included and, you know, what are some of the other ancillary features maybe? Yeah, well, so we run on a philosophy. Um, so talk for um, philosophy a little bit, right? I think yeah. as and now we're talking as a company actually. If you as a company build heavy around add-ons, 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 and they all have an extra price, um, you know, sometimes you just build on what would a customer buy for a monthly fee, rather what does a customer need. And so actually, all our features are included under one super small transaction pricing, which is actually. 1.8% plus 15 cents per transaction. Um, and that is where you get all features. And so what that does is that we have only one interest. Anything we build, anything we update, anything we optimize is to drive more orders to the customer because that's how we in the end monetize too, right? Mm -hmm. If we would monetize with some fancy marketing feature that is 100 bucks a month, well, if that doesn't convert actually a lot of users that is worth or orders, guess that's worth a hundred bucks a month, right? An operator might still buy it, but it would actually, you know, so it would be beneficial for us, but not for them. And that would be in the long run, probably not sustainable. It might fly for some time, but not in the long run. So, but yeah, that, that, that's where we are. It's, it, that's really the, the baseline pricing per transaction um, that we are running. And all the features are coming with that. We don't have any features that are extras. Not, I would say though, that you as a, Operator, though, obviously can choose between. You don't need to run delivery through us. You don't need to do pickup. You could just do curbside. If you don't want to have remarketing, you don't need that. If you you know, don't want to do this or that, you don't need it, right? So our system is modular and you can kind of turn on and off what you want, but it's on your discretion to turn it on and off. There's not a paywall if you want to turn something on. So it, it's basically everything for a transactional price. That's great. And it's to your to the operator's advantage to use all these features because I found a benefit in everything you've talked about today. So I can't imagine not wanting to have all those features. I agree. I agree. Oh, it's, it's very, very rare yeah. where we see a customer not doing delivery with us, for instance, when they like the, the whole concept. Usually, uh, most of our customers have uh, the three options for their customers. We would be really happy to offer a promotion of uh, maybe 30 days uh, off for any of your listeners. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess the only thing they would have to do either, uh, contacting us via our website or on, on the phone, uh, but we do have a, a demo request on, on our website, like you mentioned before. And, and, uh, you know, if they let us know that, uh, they listen to this podcast, uh, Rockstar restaurant, we'll be happy to, to apply that promotion. 
I'll definitely put that in the show notes as well. So let's talk about the demo. Is it is it uh, a video based thing? Is it a live demo with uh, with a tech person? Uh, tell, to explain that for us, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's generally live, right? So it's in the end is um, you know we can give a. I mean, our platform is digital, right? So it's yes. um, it's easy to show on a screen share most mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I mean, showing a geofencing algorithm. I don't think anyone will be interested in that code. Um, but so, yeah, no, it's 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 a live demo, and you know, we do it over video call. We are showing exactly how everything looks. Um, um, give you no know, details into like customer can in live ask questions. We can dive into certain features, can show certain things. So it's really custom to the customer. We have our standard spiel, right, which is fairly quick, five to ten minutes, and then it's about what would you like to do a deep type on, what would you like to see in more detail. Um, and then, you know, generally 15 to 20 minutes and you have pretty much seen, I mean, again, it's, have you said it's, it's, it's seamless. It's, you know, the, we talked about a lot of features here and a lot of things, but we did. They, they, they are all in, and, and you know, it's, I'm a big fan of the kind of check mark, right? I want delivery. I click a check mark. I don't need to add much more information. Like I don't need to enter more stuff. So if, you know, I want curbside, I click a check mark and draw a fence, right? Um, if I want remarketing, I click a check mark and then everything else just happens. And so, that is what you will see in the demo. You will see, you know, it's in the end, turn some check marks on and it's there. And obviously you can modify, especially when it comes to menu and so on, menu management. Um, but yeah, so it's a live demo um, in person. Um, and you, and you would be surprised, you would be surprised, Robert, uh, Roger, uh, on basically how many times end up being just a conversation than actually a live demo showing technology, because it's truly about, you know, how can we help you, Mr. Customer? And uh, once they understand what we do, uh, you know, it's truly uh, adding value to the restaurant. So um, not even about the technology per se, but the whole solution. Well, that was a generous offer as well. So a free demo and the URL is swipe.by, S-W-I-P-E dot B-Y. And that's all you need to do. And make sure you mention that you saw this on the Restaurant Rockstars podcast to get your first 30 days free of the service. Is there any, we did cover a lot of ground in this podcast and you were very, um, you know, very explanatory about all the ins and outs of, of swipe by. Have we missed anything? Is there anything else you'd like to share? I think from, from my side, I think, you know, taking it all the way back to where we started, right? I think is, you know, what, what, what we are always excited and I think what is interesting, you know, for an operator and if that is with our platform or any platform, but in general is, you know, is thinking about where is the guest? What does my guest do? What is my guest journey? You know, so they drive by, then they turn right, right into the parking lot, then they need to find a parking spot, right? Mm-hmm. Signage, right. they come into the So, you know, what, what I would just always say, you know, what in this industry sometimes is a little bit overlooked in the craziness of delivery and the craziness of day-to-day, oper- get, you know, getting food out of the door, like literally getting food out of the kitchen window, is thinking about what's actually the guest journey, right? Where are they walking? Where are they driving? How are they behaving? What should they see first? What should they see second? And so, you know, what really our mission is swipe by and, and what we are working on, and there's more features to come, right? We're consistently innovating. is always about Again, how can we take guest location and can turn that into experience? And I think, you know, if someone chooses to work with us or do their own thing or find things, it's always, you know, how can we turn that information into an actionable insight, into an automated action communication with the guest, with the operator, um, you know, to create a better experience and make our favorite restaurants, you know, more competitive, more competitive, more sustainable, more efficient, more in the, you know, digital 21st, 22nd century, whatever we have coming up now you know, um, and be able to compete. That's fantastic. 
Well, I can't thank you enough, Javier and Carl, for being guests on the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Thanks so much to our audience for tuning in. Please stay well, everyone. You know, our goal here at the podcast, again, is to help you rediscover the passion in this business. The pandemic has been challenging. The labor crisis is challenging, but business is booming. Brighter days are on the horizon and companies such as Swipe By are offering real you know, opportunities for you to move your business and take it to the next level. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all in the next episode. Thank you, Carl. And thank you, Javier, for being great guests on the podcast. And thanks also to our sponsor of this week's episode, Devo, the automated sales tax platform. As long as we're talking about hospitality, which is really the foundation of this business, it really stems from the quality of your staff and your staff training. It's so important to deliver what I call amazing dining experiences to build what I call your dream team staff through product and restaurant knowledge, delivering experiences that guests will remember and will post on social media. And again, isn't that a powerful form of marketing? There's a turnkey package. It's called Sales Stars. It really built my business over 20 plus years, doubled and tripled check averages over the years, but more importantly, really built powerful loyalty with my customer base, my guests. It's all available at restaurantrockstars.com. It's called Sales Stars. So check it out. Please don't forget to leave me a question. In the show notes to this episode, about halfway down the page, you will see a button and it says, Ask us anything. You can literally press that button and record a message to me. Any challenges you're having in your business, pain points, you just want to talk shop, ask anything, leave me a question. I'll answer it right back, and chances are you may hear it in an upcoming episode of the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. People go to restaurants for lots of reasons. What the customer doesn't know is the thousands of details it takes to run a great restaurant. This is a high-risk, high-fail business. It's a treacherous road, and smart operators need a professional guide. I'm Roger. I've started many highly successful, high-profit restaurants. I'm passionate about helping other owners and managers not just succeed, but knock it out of the park. You don't just want to run a restaurant. You want to dominate your competition and create a lasting legacy. Join the Academy, and I'll show you how it's done. Thanks for listening to the the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. See you next time.